the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, it's Friday, and I, you know what? I would, I would love to tell you it's a Friday where we can all just look forward to the weekend, but I, I have a an uneasy feeling that this particular Friday, and what's being discussed on Capitol Hill, will be the beginning of something that is not good for our country. I'll explain here in a moment after I tell you how to get in touch with the Chris Salcedo Show and. I don't know, maybe some of you folks who I know are out there by the tens of thousands listening to the program. This might be the day you want to pick up the phone and dial. And I'll explain here in a minute. 888-900-3393, 888 We are the antidote to the basket of biased press, the Brian Williams press here on the Chris Salcedo Show. We seek to inform, to educate, and... Perhaps today we will deliver probably some of the most devastating news that any, well, real American would want to hear. Uh, if you want to listen to the program live, theblaze.com slash radio, the Blaze Radio smartphone app, the iHeartRadio app, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher if you want to listen to on-demand programming. It means binge listening at, at your schedule, uh, social media, on Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. At Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X. And on TheBlaze.com. There is a Channels tab. I would encourage you to go there, click on the channel section, and find us. Another uh, aspect of the day, we are saying, uh, not, not, not goodbye is not the, is not the right uh, terminology. We're saying a bon voyage and good luck to uh, to producer Ellie, who is going to be taking on other duties here at the Blaze Radio Network and the Blaze Mega Complex, and she'll be leaving the Chris Salcedo Show as of today. And uh, her contributions are, uh, even though I I probably didn't say it often enough, but uh, I really appreciate everything that she has. Um, has devoted to the show. I, Salsi Salcedo, yeah. <laughs> the liberty loving Latino. That's chief among them, right there. I mean, that's. I am told that folks actually sing this in the shower, <laughs> and setting the Salcedo show to um, to music was something that was. Uh, was was actually a very big contribution. Due to technical difficulties, we are rejoining with the Chris Salcedo show already in progress. I. I'm a nasty woman. So we will <laughs> be, <laughs> we'll miss. We'll miss Ellie. Um, miss Ellie, get it? Well, she doesn't get it. She didn't. Did you ever watch uh, Dallas? Did you ever watch the, the, the old reruns of Dallas? No, but I, I went to the place that it was filmed at. Yeah, South Fork. Right, so you don't even know who the character, you don't know who JR is, you don't know who Bobby Ewing is, you don't know who Miss Ellie is. No, but I've heard of them. You've heard, well, they're fictional characters. Well, yeah, I mean, from, ha, has anybody ever called you Miss Ellie and go, "Oh, that reminds me of no Dallas." It's no. always Ellie May. 
Ellie, oh, Ellie Mae. From That's from Ellie Mae Clampett. The Clampets, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Beverly Hillbillies, right? Yep. Yep. Well, Miss Ellie was the matriarch of the of the Ewings, the the family of Ewings, the the, the oil tycoons in Dallas. Um, it was uh, it was uh, an iconic show back in the eighties, way before your time, Miss Millennial, Miss Millennial Ellie. But, but thank you from the bottom of my heart, all your uh, contributions to the show. Um, all right, so what what are where are we starting today? Well, we're starting with uh, healthcare. And I'm not look, I I'm not being rhetorical. And you know what when when talk show hosts say stuff like this when when talk show hosts get either philosophical or start talking doom and gloom, this is the quickest way for us to be either dismissed or written off as a bunch of kooks. So I'm a little leery about what I'm going to say, but what the hell, I'm going to say it anyway. We may look back on this week as the beginning of the end of the American experiment. When Democrats and Republicans both agreed that it was over. Now I'm not, I've already tweeted out to the President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, uh, begging him to veto it, but I know he won't because he has been told, and he's a, politically speaking, he's an amateur. And he has not done the investigation into what socialized medicine has, has done to other countries and how it is the harbinger of the end of the country's prominence, their fiscal prominence their military prominence and also their leadership roles in the world nobody looks to the uk for leadership nobody looks to the canada for leadership nobody looks to france for leadership nobody looks to those places nobody looks to venezuela for leadership nobody looks to cuba for leadership communist slash slash socialist countries because they've they've bought into this collectivist crap And that's what it is. It's crap. And it is the cancer that erodes nations. Now, of the Republican bill, I can say this. It's better than Obamacare. But remember, I have called Obamacare a cancer. So you can say Mitch McConnell and the Republican bill is better than cancer. And as many of you will observe, well, that's not saying much. You're absolutely right. It's not. One of the things, the good things that the law does is it gets rid of the individual mandates and the uh, employer mandates. Otherwise, there's a, a pot of money, $127 billion, yes, with a B, sitting there, and Mitch McConnell and his Republicans are adding $70 billion to that. That's a $200 billion pot of money that you pay for, that your taxes pay for, or more, more to the point, your children and your grandchildren are on the hook for paying for. So all of you folks who are, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, Mitch McConnell's age, Nancy Pelosi's age, you will go to your grave secure in the knowledge that you screwed your children and grandchildren. 
you screwed them. You put on their backs uh, mounds and mounds and mounds of unrepayable debt. Securing the fact that you'll be dead and gone and you want to deal with it. And they will have to live in the world that you created for them. I've said this in the past about a particular ideology and a particular person who would say, hey, I got a great idea. Why don't we charge up the credit card to the tune of billions of dollars and leave it for our kids and our grandkids to pay? Trillions of dollars. Let's do that. It takes a real special person to advocate for policies like that. To which some of these progressives that I'm talking about would say, well then, you know, quit being so greedy with your money and start paying more taxes. Start paying, if you just paid your fair share, who, who determines the fair share? Well, we do, because we're government. And if we say you got to give up half your paycheck, you better damn well do it, because that's your fair share. And if we say you got to give up 75% of your paycheck, well then damn well better do it, because that's your fair share, and we're government, we said so. That's all well and good, but that wasn't how this country was founded. This country was founded on the American people telling government what to do. Not the other way around. And we've forgotten. We've forgotten it. On uh, one of the local shows, I had this conversation yesterday about education. You guys know how I feel about that. It's a f- The government-run, government-centered education system has turned into uh, a jobs program for adults. And that's how it's looked at. And kids don't get educated, see? And I, and I heard from teachers on my Facebook page. So-and-so who you were talking about is, is dedicated to the public education system. I said, yes. I understand that. I, I, I was talking about a teacher on one of the local shows. And I said, yes, I understand that. I understand. And, and I was looking at this note, and this person was going, just ripping me a new one. And then I had to read two or three paragraphs down to figure out till, till they finally admitted, oh, I'm a teacher too. And then I go, oh, here, this all makes sense now. And how dare you besmirch and, and disparage teachers? I go, I didn't besmirch or disparage not one teacher. I disparaged and besmirched the system that doesn't pay teachers what they're worth and doesn't educate children. So while you, sir, I said, are busy dedicated and and he and he was more right than he knew that so and so was so dedicated to public education yes i understand that you are dedicated to government run schools i'm dedicated to educating children and that's the difference the, the same can be said about government's involvement in healthcare the minute you start talking about, and it's, you know, Obamacare has been with us, what, six years? Folks are already talking about, don't take away my Obamacare. Don't take it away from me. Oh, I'm a conservative. Oh, like hell you are. I'm a conservative, but don't take it away from me. I mean, we got to be compassionate, right? We got to be compassionate. It's really easy to be compassionate with other people's money. Uh, these so-called government-run programs are running out of money fulfilling the promise and fulfilling the what used to be self-evident prophecy of margaret thatcher the problem with socialism i.e communism socialism collectivism is that you sooner or later run out of other people's money 
And that is true with Obamacare and true with the Republican repair. It's not a replace, folks. Ted Cruz came out today and said, it's not a repeal bill. I admit it. It's not a repeal bill. Now, Ted Cruz, to his credit, has done his best to inject transparency into this. And we talked a little bit about this, too. That the younger folks are being allowed to buy, under the Senate bill, are now being allowed to buy plans that, that, that fit them. Like Ellie. Ellie's young. She's healthy. So she doesn't want to go into, to buy an insurance policy that, ha- that is f- and, and forced to buy maternity care or elderly care. She's in her 20s. What the hell does she need elderly care for? So that's what the Cruz Amendment does inside of this plan. And then liberals are already coming out and saying, well, that's going to that's gonna drive up the cost on older and sicker people. Yeah, it, it does that because you're older and sicker. You need more care. And that's, of course, going to drive up the cost. Well, that's not fair. And the liberals stop right there. And they will not finish the thought because they don't dare. And here's what the thought is. That they want to force younger people to buy stuff they don't need so that older and sicker people have a better go of it, have an easier time of it. And back to my lament about Nancy Pelosi and those of her ilk that want to pile on all of this responsibility onto their children or their grandchildren for them, for their own benefit. See, I was raised that you bust your ass, you work hard your entire life, and you build up a nest egg so that you are not a burden to your kids. My, my mom and my dad t- told me, I just, I just don't want to be a burden to you. But here comes Nancy Pelosi, and here comes Harry Reid. Here comes Barack Obama. Let me be clear. I want to be a burden to the, to the next generation. Let me be a burden. Let me pile on tons of burden. Let me pile on billions of dollars worth of burden. Let me be clear. That's why I say it takes a special kind of person to believe this crap. That would want to, that would want to have their life bettered at the expense of their kids and their grandkids. And I want to work hard, bust my ass, provide for myself so I'm not a burden to my kids. But there's something standing in my way. My government. I'll be back in a minute. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up on the program, uh, we'll talk to Major General Paul Vallely about some of uh, our military's capabilities, our, the struggles going on around the globe. We'll have Mary Ramirez coming on in the second hour, and I'll get to some other things um, other than health care. I, I, I didn't do a flip around on purpose today, folks, because the basket of bias press is consumed. <gasps> There was somebody else in the meeting with Donald Trump Jr. And I'm so, you know what? The, and we touched base on this when we did the Dan Rather stuff. I think it was on Monday. Dan Rather talking about the feedback he's been getting that Americans are sick 
and tired of the agendized press and they're tired of the Russian thing. Either show me something that's concrete and, and tell me what Russia did and then let's bomb the hell out of them. By the way, Paul Begala, you guys know who Paul Begala is? Paul Begala, uh, big Democrat pundit. Uh, I think he worked with, with Democrats in the past as well. Cl- a big Clinton family consigliere. He was the one that was leading the charge and making fun of Mitt Romney when Mitt Romney said that Russia was our number one geopolitical foe and Barack Obama, the arrogant ass, said, oh, let me be clear, Governor Romney, oh, the, 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 Russia, uh, the 80s are calling for their uh, foreign policy back. Remember that? I think I got it somewhere in here. Hold on a second. Obama, Romney, uh, Russia, type of Russia. Uh, I, I've got it somewhere in here. I know I do uh, in the database. But um, yeah, it was uh, Russia. What, what else did he say about that foreign policy? 80s. Maybe it'll be under 80s. No. Anyway, it's. It's all over the web. If you guys want, if you really want to, if you're so desperate to hear resident Obama's voice again, but you guys know the quote I'm talking about anyway. So Begala made fun of Romney when that happened. And then here comes Begala at the beginning of the year saying, uh, when POTUS, meaning Obama mocked Romney in 2012 for saying Russia was a threat. I cheered. I POTUS was wrong. And I was wrong, said Begala. And then now he jumps on CNN just here a day or two ago and is, and is calling for dropping bombs. On Russia. <laughs> it's a Democrat, right? It's a Democrat. And I, so either either get to dropping bombs like I want to. I think I think Russia ought to be punished too for not only trying to interfere in our elections, but also for uh, invading an ally. At any rate, uh, and that's just and, and that's probably because there are some things I don't know, but what whatever. Uh, that's that they're an ally. We promised to defend them and we didn't. So for me. We needed to keep that promise. But back to this uh, Obamacare thing. I am not Dana Robacher again, popping up on, you know what? The Hill, you've really got to say, I am reading a book right now that talks about this kind of stuff, this pop-up technology and how, and how everybody who deals with pop-ups are ticked off, pissed off at, and you actually build resentment. So a note to the hill.com. Disable your automatic playback because it pisses people off. Just saying. Uh, anyhow, the book I'm reading is quite fascinating on, uh, on brands and building passionate brands. Anywho, on the, on the healthcare debate, when the government controls whether your mommy or your daddy or your children get health care and on what terms they control you and now we've got a pool of 200 billion dollars that's been set aside that we're that's supposed to buy us lower rates from the insurance companies but guess where that 200 billion dollars is going not to you and me to the insurance company 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Potato Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. Where are the rest of the media to talk about how Mexico has interfered in our elections and the way that we run our country? I, I mentioned North Korea as well, or China for that matter. And again, it raises the question of all of, of the selective outrage that the media has about foreign meddling. Because I can recall a time when none of these liberal journalists cared that Al Gore and Bill Clinton were selling out our country to China. They, they were the ones that reluctantly had to cover uh, the buying of our uh, uh, election by people like John Huang and Charlie Tree and Maria Shah. Wow. Yeah, memory lane. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but a good recall. All Congratulations right. on that. Yeah, Michelle Malkin talking with the guys over at Fox and Friends yesterday morning and talking about the duplicity of the basket of bias press. Uh, of course, the latest, the latest to come out is that there might have been a, uh, reportedly, NBC News, and you can take this, you know, for what it's worth, I, you know, NBC News, not exactly a trusted news agency anymore, uh, almost as bad as CNN. And they say that there was a former counterintelligence officer from the Soviet era in that meeting as well with Donald Trump Jr. So who knows what to make all of this, uh, make out of all of this. But again, Chinese representatives were bought and paid for, as Michelle Malkin uh, was alluding to, or buying and paying for the Clintons' access, but nobody cared back then. But they care now because they're eager to get rid of Donald Trump. And those who are inside, and speaking of NBC News, how can we depend on them to be reporting accurately? They don't seem to know what's going on. NBC News anchors, Brian Williams, yes, the liar, Brian Williams, the the confirmed and admitted liar, was talking with Andrea Mitchell, uh, Hillary Clinton's best friend over there at NBC, and her biggest cheerleader. Uh, they were talking about Donald Trump, and Donald Trump saying, "Look, look at the treatment I'm getting compared to what I mean." Hillary did the same thing, and of course, he was talking about what the DNC did with inside the Ukrainian embassy to dig up dirt on on Trump. And that's okay. But when Donald Trump Jr. seeks to do the same thing, oh, well, that, that steps over a line. But the Ukrainian incident with Team Hillary, these so-called informed news anchors, Brian Williams and Andrea Mitchell, had no clue. Well, we've heard from the president again three minutes ago on Twitter. I'm hoping you can help me decipher this. Why aren't the same standards placed on the Democrats, period? Look what Hillary Clinton may have gotten away with. Disgraceful. You want to take a whack at that? I'm trying to figure it out myself. Earlier they don't know, folks. China. They don't know. So he's still on the fake news or what the Democrats are doing, uh, that combo. Uh, perhaps this is a reference to emails since his son voluntarily <laughs> tweeted out a whole email chain. Uh, nobody was forcing him to do that other than the questions that were raised by the New York Times, and they said that they were about to reveal them themselves. So uh, he voluntarily released his email, so perhaps it's an email reference, but uh, it's hard to figure out what this is about. Let the record show Andrew Mitchell's always game for a challenge, though sometimes the material leaves us with more questions. <laughs> See, if these folks were honest arbiters and believed in being dedicated journalist regardless of who the party was they would know this information 
a well-balanced, well-informed reporter not only investigates what's going on with one political party, the Republican Party, and knows what's going on with the Democrat Party. And they didn't know. We're supposed to trust NBC News. They hire anchors who don't seem to, to, to either research or know or understand what's going on with the Democrat Party. And when they step, step in it, if, if indeed Hillary Clinton and the DNC did step in it, apparently this activity is allowed unless you're a Republican. They had no idea that there was coordination going on between the DNC and Ukraine. They had no idea. But yes, NBC News is reporting. Uh, whatever. Uh, some bad news for the Republican Party. More bad news, I should say. Real monthly federal spending topped $400 billion for the first time in June. The Republican Party, after six months of being in power, complete power, continue to spend like drunken sailors. Now, slightly in their defense, this is Barack Obama's budget, a continuation of Barack Obama's budget. But when we posted this on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, and that's how it works, folks. We post these articles on the Facebook page. It updates Twitter to let you know. Come back to Facebook if you want the full total. Our buddies over at CNS News have compiled this, and it's on the Republicans' watch. The first time... Now, remember, Barack Obama was the first occupier of the Oval Office to run up a trillion-dollar deficit in one year. He did it for four years straight. He became the first occupier of the Oval Office to have four years straight trillion-dollar deficits, meaning the federal government spent a trillion dollars more than it brought in in taxes and put it on the credit card. So the Republicans, the message is time to cut spending, time to stop spending, but... What is the first major piece of legislation or piece of crap they come up with in the Senate under Mitch McConnell is a measure that adds $70 billion for an insurance bailout fund. And that's what exactly what it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is the federal government buying off a business so the business can be bribed into lowering their rates. Now, that's a lot of things, folks, but the free market, it is not. The Republican Congress is saying, hey, insurance companies, yeah, we know that you jumped in bed with Barack Obama and you uh, you colluded with Barack Obama to screw your country and you abandoned capitalism, you abandoned free enterprise, and now, now that you've got your goodies ahead of time, because all of Obamacare was front-loaded, and you got your billions and billions and billions of dollars in your coffers, and now you're starting to lose money. Oh, now, here come the Republican Party. You keep that money coming into our campaign coffers, and we'll bail you out. And that's how it's working. Behind the scenes. It's just your money. Well, what do you care? It's just your money. So, our lament and our caution to the Republican Party is stop spending. Time to talk about, you know, do you guys realize nobody's talking about reining in government spending? You realize that? Nobody. Time was you had a Republican Party who would talk about this stuff. Not anymore. Not anymore. 
Now, we are in some pretty trying times right now, just like we were back in the 1970s, late 1970s. And shortly after being shot, Ronald Reagan stepped to the podium in a joint session of Congress and said the following. It's been half a year since the election that charged all of us in this government with the task of restoring our economy. Where have we come in these six months? Inflation, as measured by the Consumer Price Index, has continued at a double-digit rate. Mortgage interest rates have averaged almost 15% for these six months, preventing families across America from buying homes. There are still almost 8 million unemployed. The average worker's hourly earnings, after adjusting for inflation, are lower today than they were six months ago, and there have been over 6,000 business failures. Six months is long enough. The American people now want us to act, and not in half measures. Six months is long enough. Look at the first six months of this Republican-controlled Congress. He was, he was talking to Democrats. The Democrats controlled the legislature at that time. He was talking to the majority Democrats, who back then, some of them, Tip O'Neill and his crew, actually had a couple of responsible bones left in their bodies. They're not the, they're not the panty waists socialist communists that you see today in Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid. And he said, six months is long enough. We got to get to work. And you look today at all houses and the White House in Republican control and save Neil Gorsuch. What, Gorsuch, what can you point to that this Republican-controlled Congress has done for you? What has this Republican Congress done to remove government out of your life? to remove government out of healthcare, to remove government out of decision-making processes that you should be involved in making exclusively. What have they done to cut spending? What have they done to de- decrease your taxes? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They demand and they've earned a full and comprehensive effort to clean up our economic mess. Because of the extent of our economy's sickness, we know that the cure will not come quickly, and that even with our package, progress will come in inches and feet, not in miles. But to fail to act will delay even longer and more painfully the cure which must come. Now he got his, he got his wish, he got it implemented. And within a year's time, the country started to turn around. At a few short weeks after this speech, the economy, he, he got his package and slowly but surely it began to turn around. There is no groundbreaking legislation on the horizon for our country that Ronald Reagan helped push through. There's none of that. You can see that in this lame attempt by the Republicans to repeal Obamacare. It's not even a repeal. There, there, there. You, I want you all to recognize this. The Republican Party will not repeal Obamacare. And, and the president has said, I'm going to sign it, whatever it is, because they want to get the tax reform. They think that they think they know what they're doing there. After what I've seen from Obamacare, I'm not so sure. And that cure begins with the federal budget. And the budgetary actions taken by the Congress over the next few days will determine how we respond to the message of last November 4th. 
That message was very simple. Our government is too big and it spends too much. Now, what's the difference between then and today? The government problem is still there. It is too big and it spends too much of our money. The difference is back then the American people gave a damn. Today, I don't know. Back then, there are responsible leaders who worked in the best interest of the United States of America. Today, I don't know. I'll be right back. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo. Yeah, I know it's been a, a rather not, not not a rather uh, uplifting Friday program, folks. But I've I've got an obligation in my mind to you to tell you what I feel about these developments. And I and I will say this current crop of and I'm making air quotes with my fingers leaders doesn't give me a lot of hope for the future of this country. Um, these are people that are weak. These are people who. Uh, have bought, uh, they've bought the idea that government has a role in healthcare. They they believe, as Charles Krauthammer pointed out, that that Barack Obama was right. And these Susan Collins, Bob Corkers, uh, Mitch McConnell's of the world, they they have agreed that socialism is the wave of the future for America. And we see, uh, looking at the capitals of Europe, looking at our neighbors to the north, what the future looks like. It's not America. I mean, we'll still be around, but prosperous, ability to do things, uh, great things, it, it will not be around if, um, if we continue heading this direction. Uh, Ellie, do you know what Lord of the Rings is? Yes. Did you enjoy the Lord of the Rings movies? Yes, I did. Once in a while, Stephen Colbert stumbles on funny. Um, as, as actually humorous. And he had the guy who vo- voices Gollum uh, on, on his show, and he had him do something. Listen to this. I would love it if I could hear either Smeagol or Gollum. Okay. Um, or well, both. Uh, read these tweets by Donald Trump. Yeah. News media has never been so wrong or so dirty. Purposely incorrect stories and phony sources to meet their agenda of hate. Sad. <laughs> just, 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 you can lose this one. Just, just that one if you don't mind. Despite the constant negative press, kerfuffle. (laughs) Wait, 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 what's kerfuffle precious? No one knows. (laughs) (laughs) So, as I said, once in a while, Colbert stumbles 
on to funny. <laughs> that was gold. I'm sorry. That was hearing those tweets being read by Gollum. I want my tweets read by Gollum. That'd be awesome. All right. Um, Paul Vallely, General Paul Vallely, up next on the Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze Radio Network. Stick with me, folks. Happy Friday. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.